0: Listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello!
1: Welcome to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. We're back again, and it's Deb Wolf, your host, as always. But this time I've got with me a recurring guest, one of my favorites in the dog and cat world, a bipetual author. Darlene Arden. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Deb. It's so good to be back with you.
1: Well, we're gonna talk dogs, we're gonna talk cats. We might get a caller about a little dog who's peeing everywhere. And I know there are lots of owners out there who think, oh yeah, 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 talk about that, talk about that. So we might take that later. But before we get on to all that, we were just talking about the royals and the little baby a couple of years ago when they got married. I had a litter born exactly on their wedding day, and uh, I named the puppies all all royal names like Kate and Camilla, and you know like the big blonde one was Camilla, and the little red one was Kate and, oh, <laughs> and had a whole yeah, I had a whole litter like that. So uh, it's kind of funny. Actually, I have a litter right now. If people want to look, go to Facebook Camp Good Dog. I have a litter. They're not named after royals. They're reds and apricots. They're standard poodles, and they're absolutely beautiful. They're, oh, yeah, born June makes you wish first. Wish they weren't
2: so physically far away from
1: you. <laughs> oh, they're just they're little fluff balls right now. They're so mm-hmm. affectionate. Okay, but their mom's at the groomers, so they're a little bit out of sorts today. I and can imagine. Mommy's gone, and they're only babies. Well, yeah, but they're already almost weaned. And uh, there's another dog, a golden retriever female, unspayed, also a, a mama dog, but not pregnant right now, who's with them. And she adores oh, them. She probably adores I them more than... Okay. Yeah, Exactly. And she's bottom of the pack. And I think just like in a wolf pack, bottom of the pack takes care of the kids. She's more interested in taking care of the puppies than any other than any other mothers. You she know? may
2: be just maternal. Some dogs really mm. are
1: Oh, she will just fight her way babies, in
2: there. And they'll always babysit with whatever puppy's around. They don't care whose puppy it is.
1: That's how she is. She lies on the ground and they climb all over her. Her mother would not put up with that for one second, you know? Like,
2: well, good thing no, they have her then because somebody has to teach them to play and to love and all that part of being a dog.
1: Yeah, oh, it's really good. I have an older female who only is interested in the puppies as far as fetch goes. She will drop things in front of them and show them what she's doing. She's very interested in passing on fetch, but that's all. She's done with that everything is, else. <laughs> no other games, just fetch? Well, she's spayed now. She's older. She's not thinking she has any responsibilities, so no, that's, that's her true. thing. <laughs> that's, that's great, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like a special. play
2: with it. It's cute. Now take it away.
1: This okay. is my game. You want to play my game? You can play with me. You don't want to play my game? Go to your mother's. You know, that's, that's your attitude. Exactly.
2: I think I hear your mother calling you.
1: <laughs> yes. yes, paging, paging mama dog. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, but you know what? Breeding standard poodles is a little bit different than breeding other dogs because there's, um, is I've, I've helped other kennel owners, especially before I owned my own, with Dobermans, Shelties, Wheatons, all sorts of dogs where I've sort of been the midwife or helped assist or come when they were out of town, this sort of thing. And, um, you know, there can be a lot of aggression around mating. There can be a lot of stud-to-stud aggression, rivalry, but there can be some nasty stuff toward puppies, too. And with retrievers and standard poodles, you get a lot less of that. You get a lot less of the, those worries and the destruction, too. You don't really get much destruction like you might if you had a, a litter of Jack Russell's because, really, there is something to breeds, isn't there? I mean, it's not just looks. Oh, they're adorable and
2: they're sweet, but they are not for everyone. They are on my short list of the cutest dogs I never want to own.
1: Jack Russell's are? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying standard poodles and I'm thinking, Oh, no.
2: I love standard poodles. They're <laughs> brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant. You say it. They seem to understand it. They do it. It's, yeah, you, get you can speak them full sentences. And train themselves
1: they do and you can speak in full sentences they're just so subtle they don't need command words I mean, you know, no, no. and you know you never I need,
2: need to move those words and I just have a conversation <laughs> and they That's seem true. to understand and it's like all oh, well, them in all sizes the only difference yeah. is The very smallest ones are the worst con artists in the world. (gasps)
1: They play you. Oh, the fake limp. The fake limp. Oh, I'm so injured, Mommy. You must pick me up. Yeah. And then he sees the ball and he's jumping all over. Fake limp. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That one. Oh, yeah.
2: Terrible con (laughs) artists. And they, they can always get at least one human to fall for it until they limp on the wrong leg.
1: Or like the kid who says, you know, Mom, Mom, Big Brother's hurting me when Big Brother isn't even in the room. The little (laughs) dogs, they do that. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's even near them. Uh, Excuse me.
2: toy poodles (laughs) are the most incredible drama queens. Only Bichons can top them in that area.
1: Oh, yes. What about Havanese, though? What about
2: Havanese? I adore Havanese. You have an excellent breeder in Canada, and I don't remember her name. But I have a friend who has two of her havanese, mm. and she shares them with me. I adore them. Those dogs were originally circus performers, like poodles. They were circus performers. They're brilliant. They're funny. They, they love busy. to
1: spin. You can get them to go twit 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 round and round and round. They love to oh, spin. Oh, you can get them to do anything. They are hilarious,
2: and they love to cuddle. It's funny because her boy loved indiscriminately cuddled when he was a puppy. Now it's kind of, how well do I know you? You'll get a hello, but I won't necessarily be kissing you all over your face. You have to earn that. Now, of course, with me, oh, here comes Auntie Darlene. Yay, I have kisses for
1: you. You know, our producer, the, we're the guy running the show here, Market Pet Life Radio, he has a Havanese, and he calls him Circus Boy. How appropriate is that? Oh, that's
2: perfect. They are circus boys, and they learn the most wonderful. You can have so much fun teaching them tricks. Operant conditioning and the Havanese, it's way too much fun. They will throw all kinds of behaviors at you. It's only limited by your imagination, and the dog will be out thinking you. But other than that, no problem.
1: Talk about the cuddling thing. There is a difference. There are some dogs who need it. They need mm-hmm. it, they need it, they need it all the time. And I'm talking about most of the retrievers, especially the goldens. There's other dogs need their fix, and they're done. Or they only need it from the people they love. Some dogs mm-hmm. are like that. They don't want to cuddle strangers. Golden retriever, yeah. most of them want to cuddle everybody. So and it's I had kind a of a dog would not
2: kiss anybody who smoked. I think he thought it was the equivalent of licking a yucky
1: ashtray. It's very easy to death dogs to do tricks with cigarettes. I had a blue heeler I trained to go into the crowd and I would sort of say, somebody has a bad habit, and she would find someone with cigarettes in their rolled up in their T-shirt or in their bum pocket, and she would pull it out. And then she would run up on the stage and shake them all over, and then she would toss it into a garbage can. I mean, the crowd just loved this. But, you know, it's uh, they smell it. It stinks to them, tobacco. It, I think
2: absolutely. It's, their yeah. sense of smell is so strong, and it, it's obnoxious to us. Imagine what it smells like to them.
1: You know what, though? I I have to tell you, there's been a few dogs that I've had to go train because when their owners are walking them off leash, they will leave their owner if they smell marijuana. And it's not because they don't like it. They actually will go with the people smoking the pot. In the park, wherever they are, wander off. And I have to train these dogs to come back. So I don't think they have the same reaction. Not at all. (laughs) Well,
2: I know that marijuana is very helpful to some dogs with some conditions. And where it's legal, there's a veterinarian in Florida who's using it. It's one drop for every 10 pounds of body weight, which means small dogs and cats are out of luck on this one. And they give it in cheese. You know, show me a dog who doesn't want cheese. Well, dogs that were elderly and had trouble moving and very arthritic are running around like puppies. It's helping with pain and the nausea for dogs with cancer who lose their appetites because of the chemo. It's just amazing what's going on. So I hope we'll see more of that. There's you know, a there's a vet here.
1: who talks about that, Dr. Carol Osborne. If, you, if people are listening and they're interested in finding out more just on that specific topic, go to Dr. Carol. Just Google that because I, I talk with her a lot on radio and she, she has talked about that in the past, how it can be very healing and part of prescriptions for dogs and cats actually. And horses, I think. I can't remember. But what she do, she time? does, yeah, it's, uh, I know like they, that there's different ways to process it though. Like you're not going to smoke with a dog or a cat and there's um, <laughs> seed and, yeah, I know. But people might think, oh, okay, that means I should smoke and blow it in his face. No, that's not what we're talking about. And it, it's, um, you know, sometimes it's processed through the seed, sometimes it's an oil, some, but there's something specific that treats, you know, if your dog's on chemo, there's something specific he's supposed to have that will help him with the symptoms and we'll help him with his healing that, that it its source is marijuana. But it's it's not like we're saying, you know, go out and find your little healer. Oh no, <laughs> we're the talking end. about that. No, yeah, we're talking about your vet.
2: It was originally thought of by a veterinarian at North Carolina State University College of Veterinary Medicine 10 years ago, but the time wasn't right. Now I think he's going to do trials, which will be wonderful for the people who are so leery, but you have to wait about another 10 years, and a lot of dogs are going to be in pain, so I'm kind of hoping veterinarians will... Kind of learn and get on top of this where it's legal, and people will talk to the veterinarian. And it's like any other medication; you don't leave it out where they can get so much of it they get poisoned.
1: You well, it sometimes it's there died. is that there is that worry. There are dogs overdosing on uh, recreational drugs, and normally what happens it's usually dogs, not cats. And mm-hmm. it's usually the person goes away. And what I've seen weird stuff happen when people go away, like the very last thing they touch is often the thing a stressed-out dog will ingest. So that might be their eyeglasses. That might be they took a last... Hit of whatever recreational drug they have. Now the, way the dog went and ate the bag. Like it can be bad and the dog can end up in critical care. And because I'm the one, they go on holiday and they drop the dog off and then I find, oh no, this dog is exhibiting symptoms. You know, I got to take it into the vet. And we, fi- we call them and we figure it out. But you know, so you got to keep your stuff locked away and be really careful. To keep everything your pets, locked away, including
2: know? chewing gum if it has xylitol in it because that's poisonous to your
1: pets. Xylitol, that's the artificial sweetener. So if you're too dying gum, don't leave that really around. Careful. Yeah, and if you're fixing your car, antifreeze is really deadly. So antifreeze that's is no deadly. pedals. No Tylenol
2: principles.
1: is deadly. Mm-hmm. You know today, what? You people, know, you tylenol, people give their dogs Tylenol and they really, really shouldn't. They're not. I mean, in some ways, we learn from them on how to treat ourselves. And there's, you know, we learn from animals how to treat diabetes. And all many, many things are similar. And even what you're talking about, using marijuana to treat the symptoms of chemo or arthritis or advanced aging, the way we do in humans on dogs, you know, very similar. But in some ways, we're very different animals. Chocolate isn't bad for us, it's really bad for them. You know, xylitol. And the cocoa
2: mulch falls into the same category. So people who put cocoa mulch outdoors around their plants are going to have a problem if their dogs get into it. It's poisonous to them.
1: Wow, I didn't even think of that because we don't use that here. But that's. uh... Uh,
2: We do on this side of the border. So I'm always cautious about warning people. You know, it's interesting, Deb, that if aspirin were discovered today, you couldn't buy it over the counter. Really? And people don't think about that, really. And we just think, oh, it's an aspirin. Oh, it can kill. You what know, I worry so- about
1: is all the pesticides and things like slug bait you know, oh, you can take you Think can take a bucket of water, throw some sugar in there, throw some yeast in there, stir it up for a while. You're basically making a, a beer-like thing and pour it into containers with holes in it. Put it in your garden, holes on the sides near the top, any kind right. of no, no. sour cream butter container that you've used before, a plastic container, and the slugs will crawl in there and they'll die and no pets will die. So why are you buying the stuff at the store that kills everybody who touches it and draws dogs and cats from all around like nothing else, like beef jerky? You know? Oh, it makes it's no horrible. sense. It's just horrible. People use
2: those expensive lawn care companies and spray their lawns, and then people allow their pets to roam loose in the area, and they get it on their paws, they lick their paws, they ingest it. It's poison.
1: Well, we now have to go to a commercial, Darlene. Now, I know you're the author of many, many books. And when we come back, you're going to give us a couple of your titles, and we're going to see if we can get that, that lady who's calling in. Her name's Maureen, and she's got a little dog that she's about to give up on. And in the rare circumstance, this may actually be, be one of the options today. We're going to listen to her story if she calls in. So, okay, Darlene, stay stay there. Stay Stay, I will say, I'll be a good girl. Good girl. Oh, so fun working with you. Would you like a treat? No, no, no treat. What? Just a pet on the head. You're well-trained. Okay. You are well trained you need a treat. I work okay, perfection. Everybody. So Darlene will be here, and you can come back. Stay tuned, because we'll be talking to the little white dog who piddles all over the place in a moment on Animal Party Pet Life Radio.
2: The best is yet to come. Stick around.
1: Your dog digs a hole under your fence. And the next thing you know, protect your pets with Dig Defense, the amazing new product that keeps your pets in the yard. Dig Defense is safe, fast, and easy. Each unit is made from 4-gauge galvanized American steel and can be used for repairing digouts, filling gaps, or to hold fences down so pets can't get under them dig defense provides peace of mind that your pets are contained humanely and safely visit digdefense.com today d-i-g-d-e-f-e-n-c-e.com i'm not much of a reader but i do wish i were more well read there are so many great books coming out i wish i could find a way to keep up audible.com makes it easy to stay well informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening audiobooks from audible turn downtime into uptime you'll be more productive and become well read now i'm able to catch up on all the great books i've been wanting to read
0: with audible i feel smarter
1: You're here inside the VIP room with the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello, welcome back to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. And as promised, we still have Darlene Arden. She's been sitting and staying, and I've been praising her. She's been such a good girl, and uh, she's a best-selling author. She's got a whole bunch of books on dogs and cats, and she has one that I love called Small Dogs, Big Hearts. So whenever I get a problem that I can't solve with a little dog, or a problem I just don't want to solve with a little dog or I haven't been asked to solve Maureen because um, oh. <laughs> we don't have the time but Today we've got Maureen calling in because uh, Maureen's very experienced with dogs, knows a lot about dogs, can train almost any dog, and yet this one is really giving her problems. Maureen's a groomer, and she's calling in from uh, Pit Meadows in Canada from Success Dog Grooming, where I send my dogs because she's so kind. And uh, right now she stepped away from the blow dryers just to give us a call and ask Darlene about this little white dog that she didn't really ask for that is peeing all over. So Maureen, please talk to Darlene. Darlene, Maureen.
0: Okay. Someone had to get rid of this dog, and now I know why. I am his third home, so I'm really reluctant to send him off to somewhere else or to the pound, but he came to me unneutered. He had a really bad habit of marking everything. I mean everything, just everything, and he would hide it. He would go behind the sofa and pee, and I could smell it, but I couldn't find it So until you pull out the So for the vacuum, and you see this great big huge pee stain where I had to throw out a couch. He would hide his poo, and he'd poo inside the toys, in the toy boxes and that, of my kids. I got him neutered. He goes out several times during the day. He's now kennels most of the time because he just pees all the time. Um, If my daughter comes into my bed with me at night, he'll pee on my, my blankets and my pillow. But he doesn't pee in his kennel.
2: Did you know anything about his previous owner?
0: Nope, nothing at all. Put anything into this dog in time. I, you know, just working with him. I doubt it. I've done a lot of working with him. He was not good on the leash before, and now he's a lot better. He would bark at everything. He has big dog syndrome or little dog syndrome, where he he used to attack my standard poodle, who's about eighty pounds, and okay. hang off his face, and the poodle would just stand there like
1: help. <laughs> You know uh, that's the son of one of mine. So I take yeah. that personally, little dog.
0: I, mean, I know. And and but now he's he's okay with, you know, bigger dogs and, and I have dogs coming and going all day long and he's sometimes he gets a little aggressive in the you know, but most times he's he's calmed down a bit on that. Um, he was a bad, bad barker and I've broke him a bat. Like you know, like and you couldn't leave him. And he, w- he would just kai-ai and, and make a lot of noise. But now he'll do that when he hears my car come back in. He doesn't seem to do it too much. Or if someone knocks on the door, you know, well, so... it
2: looks like he's done a really good job so far. When you were describing what he was doing, it sounded like a lot of separation anxiety. This thing he when he's peeing on the bed,
0: yeah. he's
2: surrounding himself with his own smell for some reason. And you're right
0: there. Yeah. It
2: be more common if you did it when you were out. Because he wants to be with you. But that's possible that if your child is in bed with you, he wants yeah. to be his only child.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's got a really good bond with, with um with Ashleen. You know. But it's to the point now where I don't I know it's not fair to uh, he lives his life here. Like with my big dogs. Like, they're in the house, they're in the backyard with us, and, like, even in the backyard, like, he'll go up on the deck and pee all over the deck furniture and the, the mats and that, so...
2: And what did you do about house training when you brought him in? To I'm always told he was house trained. Uh-huh. So what did you do? That's I mean, that when I started a silly questions, but, but I'm serious.
0: Yeah, no, 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 I, I totally understand. When I realized what he was doing, you know, because I could smell the stuff, then I made sure when he went out and he peed, and then when that didn't start working, I put him in a kennel, and he could you know he went out to pee, and then if he did everything, then he was fine, and if he was good. And then it would, like, it would vary. Like, sometimes he would be really good for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden he would just let loose.
2: Did you notice anything changing in those
0: two weeks? Anything that might
2: upset him or change in what was going on with the family or a pattern? I don't what? think
0: so. I think because everything's pretty pretty stable on an even keel here, you know.
2: Did you go out with him? With like, about did you go... Oh, yeah. With him? Okay. Oh, yeah. He
0: goes... He, yeah, we would go for a walk. Did
2: you, like a, did you treat him like a puppy and reward him for going in one spot? Would
0: because we would, would do it on a walk.
2: Ah, what I do with dogs that are being rehomed is tell the owners to train them as if they were a new puppy coming into the house. And they have okay. to learn what your ground rules are. So okay. you don't give them that kind of freedom. You take them to one spot. And in his case, I would give a really high value treat as soon as he starts to eliminate in that one spot.
0: Okay. What
2: a good boy. And here's a treat you don't get at any other time except when you do this. And yeah. He's a new puppy. Okay. okay. How <laughs> long it takes with a small dog, it can take up to yeah. a year. Do you have yeah. any
1: idea of what kind
2: of dog he is or what might be behind him?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's a little um, Bijan cross. I think it was Shih Tzu. Bichon
1: cross? Do you think there so? Because I see go. underbite. No, but I really saw underbite. Bichon cross? Are you? I really saw like a Shih Tzu, Lassa kind of a... Yeah, I
0: think, I think he's cross oh. with a, a Shih Tzu. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, but, okay.
0: Yeah, he's Bijan's Shih Tzu cross.
1: Well, let me tell so. you a little
2: something about the Bichon family, which includes the Maltese, the Bolognese, the Coton de Mm-hmm. There are dogs in the Bichon family that cannot truly ever be house trained. I'm not saying oh, one of them. I'm just yeah. saying that this is so common that there may be a genetic component at work.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So
2: uh, And no one's done the research. They've thought about doing it in Norway, but nobody's told me that's actually been pulled off yet,
0: which oh, okay. I would really
2: love because it would resolve a lot of issues for a lot of owners.
0: Oh, what for I would sure. do
2: is treat him as if he were a new puppy coming into the house you set okay. the rules for what time he goes, you go with him every single time. I know it's yeah. useless, but in the end, it's worth it. You know what it is. Yeah. Well,
1: can can her daughter do it some of the time because the dog's really bonded to the daughter and the daughter's <gasps> Absolutely. mature? Absolutely. There's
2: no okay. reason why. It's, in fact, it would be better if it's consistent with the whole family. But rewarded with something of a higher value that he gets at no other time. Okay. Goes out And once okay. he gets the idea that, yes, this is consistent, and yes, everybody expects the same thing from me, this is yeah. not the first time I've heard about a dog peeing or defecating in the house behind the furniture. Yeah. One woman had a toy poodle who did that, and she didn't know that the dog had been, I don't know why, what was wrong with her sense of smell. I know. how <laughs> Until she moved the furniture, but the dog had been defecating behind the chair. Now, that's a little different.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, that's horrible.
2: So, I mean, if you think you've got a problem, I can always find somebody who's had a worse problem. I've been around for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> worse Yeah,
1: See, no, not yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> frustrating
2: when you're in the middle of it. I mean, I think that's, that's really why I wrote Rover, get off her legs the way I did with a sense of humor and examples of people who've had the same problems but worse. So frustrating. You think it's only you, and especially if your experience is like, why can't this? Yeah. Oh yeah, well Darlene,
1: Maureen was. has a dog named Raven, who's really <laughs> a wolf. And he's totally trained. I mean, totally trained. This is yeah, not something who doesn't have a knack for it, right? And it gets, every dog,
2: just like every child, is not the same. Definitely, You've run into the kind of dog of which people always say, "I learned the most from this dog because he was so difficult."
0: Yeah, you want
2: to learn the most from that dog? It means you really just lots of luck, kind of stuck with it.
0: It's um, in difficult because I like I'm ready to give up, you know, and and like the only thing that stops me is that I go,es okay, the next place is the pound, and this dog, I'm already at third home. And oh, it's hard, hard to do that to a dog, like
2: I mean there are doggy diapers if you're willing to work with that. If if this plan doesn't work, the next plan would be either a litter box in the house and teach him to use it. Yeah, no. Or doggy I,
0: Yeah. I, mean, I we've, at that point. We have had a diaper for him and he just peed right through it. So
1: Oh. I don't know if you can got I, it down far enough. Here, Darlene, I want to ask something that's a little bit odd, maybe, of both of you. Is it possible that the dog was house trained before and that maybe this house with so much dog activity and, and such maybe isn't right for him? Is it possible or not really? Oh,
2: yeah. No, that's really possible that he's getting so many smells in the house. And if he's limited and only and wasn't integrated slowly and wasn't made to feel he's invited in, he may be feeling very uncomfortable. And the other, his interaction with the other dogs will tell you a lot.
0: Yeah, and you see, like the the first little while, like I say, like it was hectic. He has an awful lot of respect for my wolf, like my husky wolf cross. <laughs> no. uh, like oh, he doesn't he does. bother him at all. Uh-huh. You know, Mister Red, on the other hand, who's about. Fifty sometimes bigger than him. He, or I should say, seventy, because Charlie's about ten pounds. He has no problem attacking Mr. Red. See, but, that's but now actually, he's really
1: intelligent. That yeah, make, and he, he's, he knows who he can mess with. He cannot mess with the old wolf, but he can mess no. with the young poodle. The poodle will yeah. find it entertaining.
0: Yeah, you know? and then he and he loves Ebony like he's all over Ebony like a dirty rag. You know. Oh, so he he's jealous. He's
1: trying to get in the middle of the mom and son poodles. He's jealous. Oh, that's oh, the that mom. is well the standard poodle mom with her grown-up son, Mr. Red, who are inseparable like bookends. And here he comes, Johnny. Come lately, little guy. Hmm. But
0: like now, they get along. Like they get along now. You know, like he won't. He won't mess with Mr. Red anymore. Okay, Pro- not because Mr. Red did anything, any but because sports. I did.
2: Maureen, have you gotten into any dog sports at all? And directed some of that energy
0: with with
2: Charlie musical freestyle. Yes,
0: oh. with my a long, long time ago with my Roddies, I did. Um,
1: How old is Charlie?
0: I think he's about five, five or six.
1: Because okay, to me, if I, if I had your dogs, I'd want Mr. Red in competitions. I would not be going with Charlie. Mr. Red's a he's an athletic machine. He's beautiful. I know. <laughs> I'm not
2: talking about it for that reason. Oh, I know, I know <laughs> darling, totally
1: but come right. on.
2: <laughs> and it's not so much for the, the competition I'm talking about. It's the sport itself and directing his activity level and directing his yeah. body and giving him other things to think about and other things to do.
1: You know what might work, actually? What if you signed up for something like that, you and your daughter, and one of mm-hmm. you ran Mr. Red and the other one ran Charlie? Because I know time is short. You can't afford a, a day, you know, a couple hours without the daughter, without the day, with only Charlie. Like, come on. But maybe yeah. if you all did it, like, Mr. Red would benefit for sure, and so would, so it would Charlie, and hold, maybe you'd have to put time.
2: I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. Work,
1: or something working. like
2: canine musical freestyle or tribal. Just find a yeah. sport that will work for all of you. Okay. And get involved. But meanwhile, do treat him like a puppy for a while and reestablish the house training yeah okay we'll try, we'll try that and see how
1: okay that goes. okay do you think we helped you a little bit Maureen because we do have to take another commercial break are we okay with that yep. or is there anything else yeah, yeah I'll to give it answer? I'll
0: like I say I'll like will give it a try because I I think it does something to the dogs if they're shoved off into different homes all the time and I mm-hmm, don't want to do, do that do. so
1: bless you so yeah, I will um
0: I will it. try again <laughs>
1: I
2: know.
0: There's got. got I'm be hearing about some pro- progress with him. Okay. Okay. Well, thank, thank you, you so very much,
1: much for calling in. You're okay. Welcome. Well, okay. I'll see you later when I come pick up Raspberry today. Okay. I'm glad I can finally connect you to. I've been trying to connect you to for about six months. This has been going on. Yeah. Well, this little dog. <laughs> and I try to get Darlene on the phone where Maureen can step away from the table, and it never seemed to work. So I'm really glad. And yeah. um, I guess I'll be seeing your little pissy dog later as yeah. well. <laughs> I'll try not okay. to call him that. See, that's part of the problem, too, is we look at him and we think that. And then the yeah. other dog thinks that, and then he feels that, right? And that's yeah. a lot of anxiety right there to have us all thinking, you stupid little pissy dog. So we can not think that, right? We have to look he's at him and say, stupid. oh, you're a little a puppy. Dog. Yeah, what a little no, puppy. He's not,
2: he's not a baby, know. and he has to yeah. learn a few things gently, yeah. positively, and have some direction in his life. You know, it's like teenagers.
1: But it's hard when you're cleaning up the urine to think like that, right? I mean, it's hard not to slip. You're
2: so frustrated. It is, yeah. You're the only one with the problem, and you're not. You're not alone. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Take a deep breath and think positively.
0: Uh, Okay, Okay. well, thank you very much.
1: (laughs) You're welcome, Thank you, Maureen. Okay, Okay, thanks for um, helping her, Darlene. We're going to go to commercial break. We'll be back in a minute on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with Deb Wolf, speaking with Darlene Arden. A little bit more coming up.
2: This party before it's over, because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Dog Shelter Blues, the new novel by Mark Conkling. This hard-hitting story lights up the world of animal rescue with engaging characters and their pets, struggling with their own internal demons as they attempt to rescue innocent creatures that sometimes bring a mysterious transforming power to broken lives. Read the first chapter of Dog Shelter Blues free at dogshelterblues.com then come along a breathtaking journey that ends with an astonishing triumph of good over evil order your
1: copy of Dog Shelter Blues today available at amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com are you crazy about cats? If so, check out The World is Your Litter Box, Deluxe Edition. This clever how-to manual for cats, written by a cat named Quasi, contains more laughs than should be allowable in one book and is poignantly underscored by the combative yet loving relationship between Quasi and his human. The World is Your Litter Box, Deluxe Edition, is guaranteed to have you laughing your tail off. So, treat yourself to a copy today. Available from Amazon.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. You can call in at 877 385 8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com, and hopefully, we'll see you here on Thursdays.
2: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. (laughs) Petliferadio.com.
0: You're
1: inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. You're back on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. It's Deb Wolf. Deborah Wolf. Deborah Wolf. Actually, DubWolf, DubWolf.net, Camp Good Dog on Facebook. Check us out. See my little puppies, my red puppies. And uh, while well, we're back with Darlene Arden, we were just talking about a little dog who pees a lot. What other stubborn problems do you see, things that you just see over and over and over?
2: Dogs that don't want to walk, little dogs who'd rather be carried because their owners have spoiled them rotten and have forgotten that they have four on the floor and they can use them. So you know, what I find... walking fun.
1: I find um, there's a line, you know, how, and I think sometimes owners of little dogs don't know where it is. When is your dog actually in danger? and needing you to deal with this big dog coming and scoop it up and when are you actually causing the whole problem in the first place and you should just let him be well, how do people know how problem to deal with
2: scooping it? them up because if the big dog's really going to attack i've seen owners have their arm ripped open
1: oh yeah it makes and it makes your animal way more vulnerable and accessible
2: extremely so and you're elevating their status there just is no good win i like to suggest that people walk an area before taking their dog to it to see if there are any loose, marauding dogs or small children because those are always Ooh, the Ooh, darling,
1: small children, oh my gosh. That's a pretty inflammatory statement. No, Watch out pretty, for the small children.
2: <laughs> truly, little children do not understand that they can inflict pain until they're 7 years old. And even then, little girls who see a small dog
1: they scoop it up yeah, and they you know, grab voice,
2: it. You know, a shrill little voice, and then they swoop over them, which no dog likes, and they move fast, and it's scary for a little dog. If, unless they're raised with the children, they don't understand why any human would react that way. Actually, no dog of any size understands it. Some of them are just goofy tolerant with little kids, and... You're very lucky if the child doesn't get bitten because the dog gets blamed, gets thrown away to a shelter when it was really the only form of self-defense they had. Children need mm-hmm. constant supervision with dogs, so they should not be, you know, never leave your dog and the child alone or the neighbor's child alone with the dog because even the best dogs will feel pain if they're hurt and the child may not have meant it, you know. Well, I mean, and you that's you know what I've seen. In the yeah. dog's ear. Oh,
1: Oh. Yeah. well, it can be even more accidental than that. It can be just that a kid is holding a puppy and the puppy all of a sudden pees or poos and the kid without even thinking drops it and the puppy breaks its leg because, That's you know, exactly and all of that. Right. And so I try to get people, if you're going to pick up a puppy, sit down first. You know, you're well, on the ground, have the down. children uh, sit on the ground. and not yeah, allowed absolutely. to pick up
2: a puppy and hold absolutely. it.
1: Absolutely. No, no, they sit down and then I pick up the puppy and pass it to them. And, you know, there's ways of holding a puppy. You don't hold it behind the front arms like a child, no. right? Can you no, explain to people, people how to pick understand. up a dog? You know, how do you greet a toy dog then? What's the right way?
2: You greet the dog, if you can, on its level. You don't go gushing and running up to it. And you always let them sniff your knuckles first. Reach around gently under the chin and start to scratch. And work your way around behind the ears. Little dogs do not like to be patted on the head. I somehow suspect big dogs don't either. But if you look at the palm of your hand, in comparison to the size of a toy dog's head, and especially a toy puppy's head, It would look like the hand of God was coming out of the sky to exact some sort of punishment. It's horrible. It's frightening to them. So you can't do that. They don't like being patted on the head. A lot of people will roughly pat a small dog saying, well, he doesn't feel anything else. Well, he doesn't need to feel as if you're breaking every bone in his body. I half expect some of these dogs to scream whiplash. You really have to be kind of gentle and and talk quietly to them.
1: And you know what? Big dogs don't like it either. People like hugs. We like to hug. Dogs right. do not like to be hugged. If a dog loves you and knows you and adores you, then he wants you to hug him, and you hug him, and you're all family, and you're and part that's of the a pack. personal relationship. That's that is different. not a strange dog. That is different. When you meet a dog you don't know, no matter how much you like dogs, you don't hug him. And I think people have to teach their kids not to do this. Because when you hug a dog, you're actually coming over the top of him, around him, surrounding him, making him defenseless, covering him with your body, almost like the way dogs hump each other, mount each other. You are dominating this dog you don't know. That's not the way to do it. Kids do it all the time. And that's part of the reason so often kids get bit in the face.
2: Well, we have a real problem with kids and even some adults not knowing how to approach a dog and not asking permission first. Uh, there was a television reporter here in the States who had a pit bull guest on, and the dog had been rescued, and the dog was... In a strange place, television studios are very odd to almost anybody who's not used to it. There's a
1: lot of the men, light, and there's clanking noises, and there's cameras on tripods and things, so they're tall and big and clanky and dark, and they cast shadows, and they move around, and they make squeaky noises, and exactly. then there's people in and out, and there's lights changing all the time, and, and the dog doesn't have his feet. She knew
2: dogs, and she leaned over to kiss the dog, and the dog bit her, and she needed some surgery. Well, it was her own fault. She didn't know dogs. She didn't understand that this circumstance was certainly unusual for a dog. And I blame her for her own dog bite that she got from this strange dog who didn't know her and was in a very strange place and probably very frightened. So people like to swoop down on dogs and hug them and kiss them. Let the dog make the approach. I don't care what size dog it is, don't
1: it. Yeah, and that's, you know, you see people going bang, bang, bang on the top of a Rottweiler's head that they don't even know as they greet it outside the grocery store. Yeah, it has a big head, a big bony head, but it certainly doesn't want you doing that to it. It's almost, it's like the teenage boy when the man who's trying to sort of assert himself comes over and ruffles his hair and you can just see the kid cringing. That's what that Rottweiler's doing. He's saying, you know what? I don't know you. And I could right. rip your arm off. What are you doing? And what is your intention? And who are you you and that's not the way, you know, we shake hands to greet politely. We have all kinds of customs. Well, dogs have customs, too. So you have to do it the way they do it. And if you do it the way they do it, they'll be so nice to you. You'll hardly ever get a standoffish or aggressive greeting from a dog because they recognize you come in peace and you're greeting politely and respectfully. And they'll end up, rubbing, that Rottweiler will turn his bum to you and rub all over you, showing you that he trusts you with his back if you greet him right. You know, that's it's simple.
2: right. Absolutely. I've had more of these large dogs cuddle up to me. Why? I let them make the first approach. I yeah. use doggy body language with them.
1: Yeah, me and too. I let them calm
2: down and greet. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. It's fine.
1: You know, now, people who I'm, don't know Rottweilers will probably be surprised at this, but inside the heart of that giant muscle with the head is one of the softest, softest, suckiest dogs on the planet. It could almost rival funny. the golden retriever. And funny, you're right. They are not what you think inside no. there. Now, it's true when they're sounding the alarm at someone breaking into your house, they're what you think. But that's well, you what you want see.
2: one that didn't like you, I mean, you certainly want, no. wouldn't want to aggravate a Rottweiler. Oh, that but when they smart. love you.
1: I mean, and they are protectors of small things, which people are always mm-hmm. surprised to hear. Like, when I had a Roddy, a resident Roddy, none of my cats had to worry about anything. Puppies, same thing. Roddies protect small things. And that that's like... It, Bizarre. People don't even know that about them, right? No, they don't. they
2: have no clue. I was doing a TV shoot with a Roddy who really didn't know me that well. he maybe seen me once before, if that. And she was so funny. The camera turned off, and we kind of, you know, walked away, as you will when you're doing something like that. And the Roddy went back and sat in front of the camera, and then came running over to me like, "Aren't we going to do some more of that? I'm a star. We were having a good time. It was hilarious." She really enjoyed it because it was a comfortable atmosphere. It was an on-location shoot, so it wasn't a studio. She was very happy. I had been giving her treats for being a good girl, and good girl decided she had a good deal going for her. And she was such a clown trying to get the camera to turn on again.
1: I've got some tricks for the studio. Like I will actually go to all the dog marks and sit on them, rub my scent all over them. So when the dog is working, he's not necessarily smelling food. I could rub food on them, but that would distract him. He smells me and he'll sit Mm -hmm. at the dog mark, you know, because it's much easier than an X, a taped X on the ground that may smell like the last person who was supposed to take that spot. You know, and uh, yeah, dogs work with their noses. And actually, we're going to have Subalanda back to talk to the Animal Party audience about how dogs work with their noses next time. We are running out of time, Darlene. I have to. Oh. I know. Well, we As can come always. back. It's such maybe, fun. Maybe we'll check in with Maureen in a couple of weeks or a month and see how that's going with, uh, what'd she call that dog? What was his name? I don't know. I don't remember. I, was it Charlie? You know, Charlie. See, even in my head, I think the little pisser. That's terrible. I got to stop oh, no, that. no. no. I know, I know. He has a name and we have to be (laughs) respectful of that. He's not called Little Pisser? That's not his name? Okay, okay. I know, I know.
2: You're being a bad girl and you know what I say to bad little squirrels, (laughs) huh?
1: Get in your kennel? I
2: use an interrupter. That's as nasty as I get. Are
1: you going to put me in a kennel, (laughs) darling? Do I have to sit in a kennel with a lid on it and a a sheet over top in a quiet room?
2: (laughs) No, but you're not getting an extra treat.
1: I'm not getting an extra treat. Well, I don't really work for food. You know, you're going to have to come well, up with something
0: else. It has to be
2: a special toy or a game.
1: There you go. Or a, now
2: you're talking. Or or my cat not only works for affection, but she likes her collar. She thinks it's a necklace. <laughs> so you're not going to work for jewelry either.
1: Oh, well, wait a minute. I mean, now you're yeah. interesting me. Jewelry? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, okay. I'm, I'm back listening <laughs> again. Tails wagging, right on, push your tails. Okay, so we'll have to have you back in the future, Darlene. Thanks so much for joining us again on Animal Party Thank on Pet Life too. Radio. Thank you. All right, everybody listening, that's it for today. Be good to your animals from Deb
2: Let's talk pets only on PetLifeRadio.com.